Time for Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard is joining us today. We're going to be joined by our special guest Ian Moranti from Nationwide Superannuation Fund. We're going to look at keeping your super details up to date and explore the annual statement that you get from your super fund. What's it all about? Henry Jennings will join us for a market update and we'll find out all about currencies and commodities. Stephen Pritchard, before we get on to currencies and commodities, it is, of course, council elections coming up early in September. And um, have you met up with any of the candidates? Oh, they're, 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 they're starting to congregate down in Beaumont Street. Like, they always seem to want to congregate down in Beaumont Street on a Sunday morning. So they're all down there and I'm sure they'll be there every weekend for the next to Wednesday. Uh, 9th of September. Yeah. So I had a discussion with one of them uh, and I asked them, you know, and this is one of the questions you can ask me, what are you planning to achieve? Are you going to give us a list of what you're going to achieve and the dates you're going to be achieve it by? And you just get blank looks or a whole lot of gobbledygook about I'm going to serve the people of Newcastle. So, you know, the, the, the people who are standing for these offices need to give us a list of what they're planning to achieve and when they're going to achieve it by and, and what they're going to do more particularly if they don't achieve it. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're in private enterprise and, 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 and your, your employer comes along or your client comes along, you, you can't give them just a, a waffly statement about you, you're going to work your best but not tell them what you're actually going to do. And, you know... You seem to be shaking your head there. No, no, no I'm not shaking agree. my head. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, so this is the question we should yeah, be no, asking. Yeah, no, the question, when they buy you up down in Bowman Street or wherever else, um, Newcastle probably as well, you know, ask them what they're, going, what they're planning to achieve, get a list of them, if you can, and, and when it's, when's it going to be achieved by? And, and I think this applies to all the candidates, not any particular party. All candidates in all council areas yeah, and, too. Yeah, and also Absolutely. federal government elections too. I mean, I, I had one discussion and someone from one of the parties handing out a hand of brochures and she didn't even know what the brochure was saying she was handing out. <laughs> I can see you've been having fun with Oh, this. well, they bow you up. They bow you up. <laughs> yes, they do. You so, know, yeah, why They all not? want to go down to Beaumont Street. I don't know why. <laughs> Close the street up. <laughs> What about commodities in the meantime? And we won't get onto fuel just yet. Well, no, no, Jay, your favourite thing. Well, the, the, the gold price is pretty much stay on last week, $1,604.83. Although there is quite a few research reports coming out saying the gold price is expected to increase dramatically over the next 18 months to, to two years. One's even predicting $2,000 a US ounce. And, that, and that kind of, that's kind of all been driven by this fear from what's going to happen in North Korea and things. But the, the market isn't reacting. At the moment, really. Um, the copper price, uh, $8,113 a tonne, which is pretty similar to last week. And the Brent crude oil price is $63.51 a barrel, which is down 5% on the week. Um, the currency, the Australian dollar is up about 0.6% uh, on the week to 79.31 cents. Hmm. Um, Reserve Bank's continuing to say that it should be lower, but the market's going the other way. Um, and the Great British Pound was up one3 percent on the week to 61.51 cents um, and the euro we're up 0.7 uh, percent on the week to 67.36 euro cents so so all the all the current the australian dollar continues to rise um, which of course uh, makes it uh, australian exports less competitive uh, but if you're buying an import you, you will eventually pay less by the time it throws through the system and more importantly if you're jetting around the world like jane often is it becomes <laughs> a lot cheaper to go to those countries um the the equities market was uh was up 
uh, 0.3% on the week. There, there's quite a good few results come out last week and quite a few disappointments. So we're at 5,830 at the close yesterday. Um, the, the S&P index was uh, up 1.2% a week to 2,468 and the UK Financial Times index was was up 0.5% to 7,433. So there's really no great movements in the equity markets around the world. Um, some of the, the, the stocks, stocks that local remotely. investors have an interest in, um, so BHP was down 1.5% on the week to $25.67. CBA is down 1.5% on the week. So the latest... The latest um, scandal that seems to be coming out of CBA that's getting worse by the day um, seems to be affecting the share price more than the more than the the bank tax did so we're down to 79.84 percent uh, 79.84 um, NIB health funds was up 2.5 percent on the week to six dollars and five and and Telstra, which we'll talk about a bit later, is actually down 10% this morning. Mm, okay. um, and Newcastle pro- fuel prices was ah, up yes. 7.8% on the week to $1.22. But you tell me your evidence is different. <laughs> My driving around the streets evidence, yeah. Yeah, so what Seems are you Seems to me oh. they're about 10 cents more than that, most of them. Yeah. Uh, Pretty well. So we need to talk to NRMA where they're getting the numbers from. Yes, yeah. Uh, Sydney's a dollar twenty six point three, and the diesel price in Newcastle is a dollar twenty five point eight, and Sydney's a dollar twenty two point one. Joining us is Henry Jennings, senior commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Stephen. Henry, my friend. Stephen, my friend. How are you? Good. And Telstra's friendless, I hear. Well, Telstra is friendless. Yes, I know a lot of people do hold Telstra, um, but yeah, it's um, not been good for shareholders today. The company announced their results, which um, were pretty kind of much in line. The, the core business wasn't too bad, let's, let's say that, but the biggest shock is to the dividend policy, and I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm still a little confused about the whole dividend policy, um, but they're lowering their payout ratio, and they're cutting their 2018 dividend to 22 cents, which is considerably less than currently, which they've paid 31 cents this year. So it has sent a, a, an absolute earthquake, a tremor through the stock. It's down 8.5% nearly uh, to under 4 bucks again. So um, it has not been a good day for Telstra. It's, it is a bit confusing in, in terms of this, this new dividend policy because they're talking about monetizing the NBN payment um, and they're talking about share buybacks and they're talking about special dividends, but they're talking that they're only going to be paying 22 cents sort of um, in total dividends. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused and the market's a little bit confused and I don't think Andy Penn has really helped matters with his uh, with his uh, pronunciations today. And it's clearly the, the chairman who was talking about no dividends uh, a few weeks ago uh, was sending a pretty clear message to the market that um, things were going to change. So you do wonder as a Telstra shareholder with limited growth and a a yield sub, well, around 5.5% now, um, what the attractions are. Mm. So what does monetarise the MBM payment mean? 
going to get a lot of money. Well, yes. they have got a lot of money from the NBN uh, payment the government gave them in compensation for giving up the copper wiring. Um, so it's a question of what they do with that, that kind of windfall, and they're talking about securitizing it, sort of bundling it up, putting it into a package, because it is a known um, revenue stream over, over okay. the years. So therefore, they, they may sell that known revenue stream to investors through um, securitizing or, or monetizing, I guess, that, rather than just give the money back to shareholders. Um, or do something else with it that might grow the company. Um, they're talking about other ways of um, of, mm. of using that to uh, for, for longer term kind of growth. But there isn't much at the moment with Telstra. It's a bit of a sad story, really. Well, you know, it's the way they treat the customers. It's not surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, they have Penn did seem to make a big thing today about how wonderful they were doing with customer service. Well, why don't they know, try ringing up their call line and be put on hold for fifty minutes? When was the last time he rang up? Yeah, well, that's, that's, you see, that's the problem with a lot of these um, CEOs. They do live in ivory towers, um, and they're a protected species, and they're very busy doing stuff, and they don't really interact with the real world. And Sometimes maybe they've got to go into uh, their own shop and um, and see how things are going or, or sign up to the helpline or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, not enough of them do that, I don't think. Yes, and then CBA, the, the, the CEO's going from CBA? issues with, uh, with Oztrack. Um, Ian Narev, who is only 50, has been in the top job for six years, earns an absolute fortune. Obviously, CBA is so complicated that he cannot get his head around all the issues. Um, but for 12 and a half million bucks, you think he'd try or at least get someone that worked with him to explain the issues. Um, but he's going to be taking uh, retirement. Uh, I guess the good news is that Catherine Livingston has really um, stamped her authority as the new chairman chairperson, chairwoman on, on the bank um, and has shown that there is going to be a, uh, a change in, uh, in culture. Um, so that is a positive. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, that, that, that is helpful. I, I mean, she insists on being called chairman, but you know. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah, she reckons all this other stuff's just complete nonsense in the role as chairman. Oh, well, that's fair so enough. She, you, you look at the CBA press release when in there, it's always chairman. Yeah. yeah but she, right. she, she's a good chairman. I, I don't think if anyone can clean up the mess, it'll be her. Yes. And she's, yes. Cut, she's cut the executive salaries, which is, a, which is a step in the right direction. She has. I mean, she's, she's doing all the right things, um, and certainly the response uh, initially with the Austrack thing was a little bit slow and a little bit... Um, underwhelming but they then got on the front foot and subsequent to that they do seem to be uh, handling it a lot better and this move with uh, Ian Rev obviously uh, does help that uh, perception. Yes and so the emperor, the emperor's clothes seem to be rapidly disappearing down at your favourite emperor stock. <laughs> yeah well you know and listeners will know that Domino's has never been my favourite uh, stock um, yeah they've, they've had some problems they've run into some serious problems, the stock dropped on the results about 19% um, it did rally yesterday, um, but has fallen again. Um, it has had some issues with um, with same store sales. They've had some problems in France um, with um, apostrophes and French slang and various other things. So it has been problematical for them, to say the least. Um, and of course, the problem with these stocks is they're highly priced. Um, they've got very high valuations, and once those um, once it sort of is 
seen that the emperor doesn't have too many clothes, um, the dominoes have fallen over a little bit. So, um, you know, they're coming back to probably a more realistic PE. Um, but, um, but yeah, they, they do seem to be having some problems on many fronts in terms of franchisees, in terms of, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, they're talking about the growth in the number of stores, but, you know, all they, you know, they've only got the same amount of territory. So they're basically either, it's hard to open new territories because they don't have that, that ability because they, they only have a master franchise. So they have to try and, I guess, cannibalize uh, to some extent their existing territories. So, you know, if you double the number of stores, you, you know, you, you're, you're putting more competition for the, the poor bloke in Mona Vale or in Newcastle or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Domino's opens 10 miles away and suddenly it's, um, you know, it's, it's a competitive world. So, yeah. yeah, still not a fan of the um, of the business model, but, um, uh, you know, the, the market's obviously um, starting to settle a little bit, but I think longer term they'll, they'll continue to drift lower. And we might come back, back, back in a minute and talk about sure. what's happened with Santos. Yeah. Stephen Pritchard. And so Santos has had to write down in the value of its, uh, <laughs> uh, you're laughing, liquefied natural <laughs> gas uh, project again. Uh, this is, I mean, this is the, the problem for these um, these big oil companies. You start fiddling around with your oil forecasts, and it just slashes the value of your existing assets. So they've had to to write off another uh, 870 million US in their big uh, Queensland gas project. They, they they managed to write back 300 million in their Cooper Basin assets. So that that's kind of good. Um, and these are all called these um, these non-cash impairment charges, um, which seems to be quite popular at the moment. I don't know about you, but I, uh, I'd like to be able to write some non-cash impairments off my own personal balance sheet from time to time. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, not, um, it's not a good look. They wrote down a uh, billion-odd dollars US um, a year ago, and they wrote down uh, 275 million-odd before that. So all up now, it's, um, it's around nearly three billion dollars australian dollars that they've written off on this uh, on this project so yeah not a particularly good look santos remain i guess highly leveraged to the uh, to the oil price and are kind of stuck in a bit of a um, a bit of a rut i guess at the moment so mm-hmm. um, yeah but it just shows that i guess the risks involved in these big projects and the, and the movable feast that is the forecasting of the oil price Yes, and what about and what about CSL? It's it, it's a bit of good news there. Um, yeah, there was there was it was a kind of a mixed. Uh, there was some good news in terms of the profit, um, but I think there was initially there was some disappointment that the um, the company which was conducting a buyback um, wasn't going to extend that into 2018. They've they've really um, virtually completed the last buyback they announced. I think they're 91 percent complete, um, and so there was a little bit of a drop in the share price. But that 120. Level seems to be the uh, the major support for CSL. Uh, the stock's doing well again today. So um, so yeah, it's um, it's 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 kind of okay. And it's I mean it's a great quality Australian success story. They've got a lot of growth in a lot of their uh, blood plasma products across the board, and some new stuff they're bringing online as well. But there was initially a little bit of disappointment in those um, in that buyback uh, for next year, but um, seems to have been overcome now. And our friends at Fairfax Media now believe that they've got a strong future to stand alone. <laughs> you got to love them, haven't you? Yeah, um, yeah Fairfax uh, came out with their numbers yesterday. Um, not particularly inspiring. The uh, the major thing, I guess, to, to note with Fairfax was their plan to uh, separate the 
themselves from the domain. Business domain is, I guess, the major attraction in the Fairfax stable. Um, it competes uh, with realestate.com uh, in that property space. Um, and they're talking about mid-November now where shareholders will get a distribution of domain shares. The theory goes that once people can see and ascribe a value in domain, um, then uh, that will increase the value of Fairfax being the parent. I think Fairfax are going to retain 60% and they're going to hive off um, 40%. So um, that, that's the way to go. Mid-November is, is, is D-Day, I think. Um, at the moment, the share price is languishing below a dollar. Remember, two bidders uh, walked away from the whole process um, a month or so ago. So, um, yeah, interesting times for Fairfax are still, I guess, um, struggling with that um, that revenue model in terms of their newspapers and, uh, and, and media assets. Well, of course, the, other, the interesting thing about this is that, that Seek's results also came out, and, and, and they've made $362 million. And, and if Fairfax had been running their business properly at the time, that should have all stayed with them. Yeah, yeah, um, it's exactly right. Um, unfortunately, Fairfax, um, I, I guess, you know, like a lot of people in the, uh, in the internet space, were, were quite slow to, uh, to see the potential and hived off a lot of the, the best bits that have now turned into the uh, into the money spinners. I guess the, the, the only good thing about Fairfax is they've managed to keep hold of domain. Um, and in the new brave new world, they're going to be uh, still having a share of domain. But um, but yes, certainly you know seek seeks results. I, I guess um, from their perspective, they weren't too bad. But I I think the market's a little bit. Um, Concerned about the continual investment that these companies have to do, and, mm -hmm. and real estate group is another one. Um, you know, it, it's all very well building your platform, and then they will come, and then you just the, the money trickles in every day. Um, um, you know, those rivers of gold have gone from Fairfax Classified to uh, to real estate, and and things like Seek. But the the problem is that to keep in front of the pack and to keep uh, keeping yourself relevant, you've got to keep investing in your in your platform and your business and IT, and that's that's usually expensive. So I think there was a little bit of disappointment in, in that uh, in that side of things with with both those numbers. And just one more thing before we're up, Wood, Woodside's a bit of good news as well. It's boosted its uh, interim dividend from four to to uh, forty nine cents US from thirty four cents. Yeah, Woodside, Woodside um, was was some good news. I mean, we we don't get a lot of good news from Woodside. Uh, I guess the problem for Woodside, and it had a good day yesterday, and now it's had a bad day today, is um, is, is this kind of the growth profile, and also you know with uh, with everybody else writing down assets, there is a chance that at some stage Woodside's going to write down assets. And there is also the possibility that Shell, which remains a large shareholder in Woodside, uh, will look to exit their shareholding. So um, it's not all good news. The stock has kind of been bumping around between 29 and 30 bucks, um, and there doesn't really seem to be much impetus to uh, to break it out of that range at the mm -hmm. moment. So not too exciting in Woodside, I'm afraid. So there's a, there's a huge amount of results coming out of oh, the moment. Frightening. frightening. A lot of work keeping up to it. So how can listeners keep up to that, Henry? My head is spinning. Yeah, um, I don't believe that. I don't believe they, uh, they, can, uh, they can sign up for a free trial at marcustoday.com.au and we try and cover uh, the results and what we think of them. But it is, uh, it is, it is scary. I think there's 50-odd um, ASX uh, top uh, 200 companies reporting this week. We are taking a look at your superannuation fund statement now.
Um, do you know what it all means? Would you like to know? We've got the man who can tell us, Ian Moranti, who is the CEO of Nationwide Super Fund, which is Newcastle's not-for-profit superannuation fund. Stephen Pritchard. Um, so, Ian, a lot of super funds are in the process of sending out their annual statements at the moment, and I, I, I know that people just throw them in the drawer and don't do anything. But there's a, there's a few reasons why people need to actually check on them, check check the statements. And the first thing we need to talk about is um, you need to check the personal details on something as simple as making sure your name's spelled correctly. Yes, that's right, Stephen. Um, we really need to emphasise the importance of those personal details being correct and up to date. And even uh, having your name exactly as it's going to appear on any identification, identification documents that you might have because they will need to be matched at the time that you go to claim a benefit and if they're not the same it's going to cause problems or extra delays at that time so uh, check, checking that your name is correct uh, your date of birth there's implications there for uh, taxation when you can access benefits making sure your date of birth is recorded correctly your tax file number. Uh, none of us want to pay any more tax than what we really need to. So having your tax file number recorded with your fund means that the tax will be uh, as low as possible. Uh, your address. Did the annual statement come to you directly at your current address or was it forwarded from a previous address? So having your address means that uh, you've got less chance of your super being lost eventually and going to the tax office. And other contact details, such as your email address. A lot of funds are starting to use email now for communicating with members. A very quick, convenient way of communication. So if you do have uh, your email address recorded with them, particularly with changes that are going on at the moment with the NBN, if you've got any changes to the uh, email uh, provider that you're using, uh, make sure that's up to date. And similarly with mobile phones, uh, funds can now start sending out SMS messages to members to advise them of various uh, activities. Uh, and also beneficiaries. Do you have beneficiaries recorded with the fund in the case of your death? So those types of personal details, very important to have them up to date. Yeah, and, and from, from, our, from our business point of view as well, it, it's, it's not unusual to see... Um, people's shares bought in the wrong name or, or spelling different or, or that creates yeah. all sorts of problems. I mean, um, and particularly people of, of, of non-English speaking background, you know, someone's written this name down at one stage on some phonetic sounding basis and then you get yeah. the, the ID and it's spelt completely different on the driver's licence yeah. or the passport and it just creates a huge amount mm. of problems. Yeah. So I can, I can see it yeah. the same in the super yeah. funds. Particularly if those personal details have been provided by an employer rather than you filling out the form yourself, the employer may not have it quite right. Mm. And And... It's very important these days to, to also lodge a, a binding death benefit um, nomination, particularly if you're from what's a what's what's now known as a, a blended blended relationship, <laughs> um, because numerous times the old partner and the new partner will, and the old children and maybe the new children will all start squabbling over the uh, over the benefit, and and, it, and and it's quite likely will not end up where you intended if. And I'm sure you've seen a few of those. Uh, it happens, unfortunately, happens. too many times. Too many times? Yeah. 
And so what else is on that? What else is, will you find on your uh, annual statement? Um, generally, you'll find an, a summary of your account, which gives you a quick snapshot of what has happened with your account during the uh, previous 12 months. So it'll show you an opening balance, a summary of the various activities, the things that have been added to your account, and the things that have been taken out of your account and a balance at the end of the year. So it gives you a quick snapshot, an overview of what's happened. Uh, also, you'll have information on the investment options that your super has been invested in, whether it's one option or a couple of options. Uh, good idea to have a look at those. Find out if those options are going to meet your objectives longer term. They may have done well over the 12-month period, but the interest with superannuation is the long-term benefit that you're going to get from it. So being aware of what option you're in, there may be other options that are better suited to meeting your objectives. Yeah, and you, ne you, need, to be, you need to be particularly careful of these investment options. I mean, and, and so often people have come to see us and the fund will have, you know, five investment options and they'll put 20% in each. Um, so really they would have better off just putting the whole lot in the balance fund. So selecting the investment option doesn't mean that you put everything in each each fund. You, you really, if you're going to do it yourself, you really need to get hold of the PDS, which most cases will have a description of the investment option and who that investment option is suitable for. So, so that's what, you, and, and the expected time frame. So you need yeah. to be careful of the, to make sure investment options is what you would suit you, and the wrong investment option can 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 cost you a lot of money. And we're taking a look at your superannuation fund statement with Ian Moranti from Nationwide Super Fund, and of course with Stephen Pritchard. And one of the other things is the contributions on your fund. Uh, yes, show? Stephen. The uh, the annual statement will show the contributions that have been added to your account during the year and it's a good idea to check those contributions to see if the contributions that have been recorded are the ones that you were expecting. Uh, it may be that if your employer is contributing on a quarterly basis you would normally think that if you've been working the full year there'd be four quarterly uh, contributions there or if you have uh, different employers contributing into your uh, single fund or the same fund then uh, having a look at the contributions coming from each of those sources and uh, would be uh, well worthwhile doing and also if you've made contributions yourself been making those through payroll or additional contributions uh, just deposited into your account uh, good idea to check that those have been recorded properly yeah and it's not only it's, it's not only the particularly if you're making um personal contributions you need to make sure whether the correct tax treatment's been recorded against yes, the, correct. the personal yeah. contributions i mean the employer contributions will be, will be usually straightforward um because there'll be uh, 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 concessional contributions but personal personal contributions may either be concessional or non-concessional so you need to check those yeah. and of course one of the things i hear a lot of complaints about is that is the fees? Yes. <laughs> so, so being a non-profit, of course, you charge the lowest fees you possibly can. But people need Correct, to look and yes. understand what the fees are. Yes. Uh, uh, there will generally be two types of fees uh, associated with your superannuation. Uh, one fee will be a very transparent fee, such as a weekly fee, and that'll be shown as a deduction from your account. So it'll appear as a negative uh, on the uh, overall balance of your account. 
The other type of fee is a fee that is deducted typically from the earnings of the fund and that will be shown elsewhere in your statement to say to you that over the course of the uh, period of the statement, over the 12 months, you have paid in total a certain level of fee. And so that's very useful to know uh, what the fees are, the basis of the charge and what, how those fees might compare with other, other funds. Yeah, so the my super funds have got a target of 1%, haven't they? Uh, that's a general target, but of course they're all trying to make their fees as low as possible. It's very competitive. But some, uh, but some asset selections are more expensive to operate. Like they will a, be, yes. But yeah, I mean, if you choose the international share option, you can expect mm -hmm. to pay more fees on that than you can on the cash. Uh, yes, cash yes. Hopefully, it's made up in um, in additional returns. Yes. And of course, one of the other things that people also get confused about is they see these deductions from the from the fund and often it's for insurance um, and some people say they don't want insurance well it's, it's listed on the statement so what do they need to do if they don't want insurance or want to increase the benefit what do they need to do there uh, they can contact their fund uh, particularly with a my super product the insurance is generally automatic if you join the fund through an employer uh, it's a requirement of the my super that uh, insurance is offered but it's important to have a look at your statement and see the types of insurance that you have and typically that might be a death benefit cover or total and permanent disablement. And some funds also offer income protection or salary continuance insurance. It's a good idea or very important to have a look at the type of insurance that you do have, the levels of cover because it's the type of thing that you generally don't worry about but when you need it, you need it. And so being aware of the amount of cover that you have and will that cover uh, suit your needs or uh, give you the income or the financial resources that you require if that event occurs, very important. And it's from my, my experience that obtaining um, insurance through, a, through a, a, a public office superannuation fund is generally the cheapest the cheapest way you can obtain insurance. That's just yes, because of the bulk rates that yeah, are available. Rates, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but so if you, you have insurance elsewhere uh, and you don't need it through the, your insurance, then that's something that you should uh, look into. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Ian. And, and that is Ian Morandi, who's the CEO of Nationwide Superannuation Fund, which is uh, Newcastle's own. And coming up, uh, well, that's about the end of Thursday Finance, I'm afraid, for today. And uh, thank you very much for being with us. You can catch this program on podcast. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>